Hello? Anyone there? Oh, hi. Welcome to Agility and More, the podcast encompassing everything about our special sport, from training, judging and competing to fitness and mindset, providing thought-provoking opportunities for any handler-dog combo to grow within the sport. Remember, if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you have always had. So let's grow and change together. Now let's get into today's episode. This episode welcomes Lou Abbey to the podcast. Lou is a competitor of some nine years and is just about to start her third year of judging. We discuss judging and agility and you will hear her speak eloquently and offer insightful musings. She shares some of the rich tapestry of her life and those of you who know her may be surprised to hear that we did not need to bleep any words out. Welcome, Lou Abbey. I'm really absolutely excited that you've agreed to be our first guest. So if you could uh, tell me and our listeners about yourself, um, how long you've been doing agility and what got you into it? Um, yeah, so thanks for having me. I've been doing agility for, oh, goodness me, about nine years now. Um, I've I've always loved dogs ever since I was a little kid. Um, and I used to make my dad stand at the North Somerset show for hours and hours and watch the agility there. And um, I, I kind of got roped into it by my obedience trainer when I got my lurcher puppy. And um, yeah, it kind of s- sort of steamrolled from there really and uh, haven't really looked back. It's um, It's been a whirlwind nine years, but it's been really, really, really fun. I absolutely love that you, you've got that memory of your dad as well. So that's really special. Um, tell me about your current tribe. Oh goodness. The, um, yeah, the Marlow Abbey Zoo is, um, we've got six dogs and three cats at the moment. Um, I've only competing with one of my dogs at the moment, Ajax. Uh, he's grade five at the moment, small little terrier. Um, got a new pup on the way through, Otto. He's eight months, so he's just started his agility journey, which is, it's really fun. He's works in a completely different way to Ajax. It's so fun to figure out how his little brain works and, and what makes him tick. Um, I've also got um, a Gronendal Belgian Shepherd. Uh, he's trained in agility, but he's he's too crazy for this sport. So he does harness sports now instead. Um, I've also got a lurcher who I got to grade five, um, but he he had to retire through injury, which was a shame. But he was he was a brilliant dog to learn with for my first agility dog. He was he was great. Uh, I've also got a Padenko. Uh, she does trailing, and um, a Romanian Shepherd who's who's pretty chill. He's nearly fifteen, so he just sleeps most of the time. I absolutely love him. <laughs> <laughs> So um, that's brilliant. Um, can you tell me about your proudest moment in agility? Uh, I, I'm pretty sure you know what I'm going to say. When I, I I spent four, five years trying to get to Olympia um, in the ABC large um, agility stakes. And I finally made it uh, in December 2022 with um, my friend's dog, um, Helen Landy Brown, their, their Gronendal Luchit, who's uncle to, to my dog. And um, it was stepping out on that stage with him was an absolute dream come true for me i have never wanted something so much and i've never worked so hard for it and it was his last it was his last ever runs um we were he was retiring at the end of olympia so it was it was a really big deal for me just just to have even qualified for the semi-final was all i ever wanted and then to get to the final and get to go out there with him and he was the oldest dog there as well he was he was nearly 10 so yeah that was that was by far and away my absolute proudest moment and i, and I can hear the passion in your voice 
You're gonna make me cry. <laughs> so um, today's episode, um, we're sort of uh, trying to have a focus on judging. So um, let's talk judging. It's um, someone that our sport simply cannot do without. Um, you're um, a relatively new judge. So can you tell me what brought you to judging and the process of becoming qualified? Yeah, so I've, this is my third, I'm beginning my third year of judging um, in 2024. So yeah, I'm relatively new. It was um, it was a spur of the moment thing, really. I I was teaching agility at the time, and I you know I've I've always wanted to know more about the rules and and what you know what happens when the judge is in the ring and they have to make those calls. And I also wanted to know more about course setting, so I could set appropriate courses for my students. Um, but then I realized, you know, actually it would be really fun to kind of give back to the agility community and see dogs and handlers working as a partnership on my courses and and giving my courses a go and seeing if there was any way that I could set courses that people would look back on and go, oh yeah, I remember when I ran that course, like that was a really fun one or, oh, I didn't do great, but it didn't matter because I achieved this in, in the course. And for me, that was, that was kind of my driver um, really to try and help encourage people to not necessarily win but you know to find a challenge and then want to be um good enough to overcome that challenge and also enjoy themselves because that's that's what we do agility for right to have fun yeah. with our dogs absolutely <laughs> and i i love when I, I talk to like our guys at a club and stuff that we talk about a competition is an agility test so you're going out there to test your skills so whether you're going out there and you do get a win or whether you get out there and you get you know a clear or even that you've done a skill that you've only just acquired in training that you've managed to then achieve it in the ring I think is amazing so and certainly you're right I think that the courses you remember the ones that you did something brilliantly even if you were eliminated on it but that your memory is of the success that you had as part of that course so absolutely brilliant um how long did you have to wait for a course oh yeah we um not too long actually i um so i i did my course with martin tate um down in some uh, north somerset and um it was a two-day course so it's it's a pretty intense two days there's a lot of knowledge to learn and there's there's so much um to think about and to be honest i actually think the course could be longer because there's so so much to learn um but by honestly by the end of two days my brain was a little achy um but i didn't have to wait too long that um i just saw an advert for, for uh, his course on his facebook page i just emailed him and, and got on straight away i think the spaces did sell out sell out so you know if there are any aspiring judges out there that do want to get a space on a course you have to be quick but they do come up there are a lot of new accredited train judges trainers out there and i think that you know more courses are becoming available for people Cool. I'm, I'm going to circle back from the previous question because you talked about what brought you to judging, but what is the process of becoming qualified? Okay. So yeah, um, it's, it, it seems quite onerous at the beginning, but actually it's really not. So you have to do um, an online exam um, through the Kennel Club portal on their website. Um, and there's multiple choice questions. Um, you can take it, I think it's three or five times before you need to then um, re-sign up to it and wait a period of time before you can retake it and once you've taken your online course you can then go and do your practical assessment so that was the two days that I did with Martin uh, down in North Somerset and once you've done your two-day assessment um, then you can get signed off and you get your lovely little certificate to tell you you're an accredited kennel club judge. <laughs> Brilliant excellent and did you feel confident straight away or how did you feel straight away afterwards? 
Um, honestly, I was bricking it. I was, um, I, there's so much to think about. There are so many variables to consider when you are a judge. And it was, it was quite some time before I did my first kennel club judging appointment after I did my course. I did my course in January and I didn't have my first kennel club appointment until June at Y Valley. And I was, I was so nervous and so anxious. And I'd, I think I'd redesigned my courses like seven, eight, nine times before I was kind of like, okay, I think this is, this is good enough. Um, but I was really lucky because I, I was judging at a show that I love that I've, I've been to for nine years and I had friends there who are judges themselves. One's a retired champ judge. I had a lot of support network helping me people coming and ring partying for me and it was really nice to have that support but yeah as soon as I took my exam I was really like enthusiastic I was really excited to do it but I, at the same time I was terrified <laughs> <laughs> so so was that your first judging appointment or did you do something in between the course and the first kennel club appointment yeah so I did um I volunteered to judge a couple of um starters league matches so the three counties starters league is something that's run in uh, Worcestershire Gloucestershire and oh my goodness me where is the other one Herefordshire I think um and I so it's teams that compete it's a friendly competition it's based on kennel club rules but it's um it's for beginner dogs grade one and two um and there's an agility round a jumping round and a steeplechase round so it was a nice way for me to kind of practice those courses and just kind of see how my lines worked and see what suited um, beginner dogs. And it really, that was, it wasn't as nerve wracking as my kennel club appointment. Um, but it was still, I was still trying to you know, making sure everything was right and that we had all the lines correct and that everything was as safe as possible for the dogs. So yeah, it was a, it was a bit nerve wracking, but it was, it was good fun. Cool. Excellent. Um, and how did Y Valley go? Did you, did you enjoy it at the end or was that only like a few <laughs> after? <laughs> um, honestly, I was chuffed to bits because the first dog that ran my course, which was my grade uh, three to five jumping, um, it went clear. And I was like, okay, the dog's gone clear. That's fine. The course isn't a complete disaster. It's all good. And after that first dog went clear, I really just settled into it and just kind of enjoyed every moment had a great time at the end it was it was very um relieving to know that i had i had i'd done it and i'd done what i thought was a good job and i had people come up to me at the end and say they really liked my courses and that was so heartwarming and 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 brilliant to to hear that people had a great time on my courses and some people got their first ever clear rounds on my course and yeah it was it was really, really cool. I really enjoyed Excellent. it. Super job. And um, this, the appointments you've done subsequently, um, have they all been relatively smooth? You've just eased into it and you're sort of becoming a accomplished judge? <laughs> oh, goodness. I definitely would not classify myself as accomplished in any way. I still have so much to learn. But I find that I go into every single judging appointment trying to do the best that I can do I try and set the best course I can, try and judge the best I can. Sometimes it doesn't always go well. Um, we're only human judges. We make mistakes. Some, you know, We may miss a, a contact marking or we may miss a poll that's come down, but we, we do our absolute best to try and give everybody as fair and, and confident a judging uh, as possible. But similarly, it's, um, it, 
it is fun to go out there and set your course and and watch people walk it and then get some feedback and then see people run it and it's just it's amazing and I do feel more confident as you know this is now my third year like I said it I feel a little bit more confident in my ability to go to a ring and if for instance the surface isn't great I know I could tweak my plan a little bit and the course would still be good and it would still be suitable for the grade and it would still be safe um, I don't freak out quite as much if my ring party aren't straight at the ring as soon as I arrive. It's it's a little bit more chill now. I feel a little bit more co confident and comfortable in my abilities. But like I said, I learn something every single time I judge. And sometimes I, I learn more than I, I thought I would. And sometimes I'm like, oh, goodness me, I don't want to have done that again because it didn't go so well. But, you know, I, I hope people enjoy my courses and, you know, understand that like i said we are just human at the end of the day and we do absolutely. what we can absolutely and we appreciate all our judges <laughs> i certainly appreciate everybody as judging so um so how do you actually deal with um like any nerves or anxiety when you sort of thinking about judging um yeah so i tend to i tend to embrace them and just go i'm gonna i'm gonna have nerves they're just a part i try not to fight against them too much um but i will speak to um friends of mine who have judged or have seen me judge before or who have been um, my ring manager or my ring party and I you know I just explain to them you know I'm, I'm just feeling a little on edge today or I'm a little bit my brain's a little all over the place can you just kind of keep me keep me in the zone keep me on the ground and, and they do a brilliant job and I think having that support network around you is is really really important um, also having people check your courses before you do them. Um, so I've recently signed up to Becky Hodson, uh, course design. I signed up last year and she's been incredible at helping me see a different way of setting courses and reviewing them. And, um, she, she's actually sent me some feedback for my next appointment, um, of some courses I sent her and they weren't great. I knew they weren't great, but I just put something on paper. I just wanted to get out of my head so I could kind of tweak it and come up with something hopefully great. And um, red rag to a bull, she just goes, Lou, I knew you, I know you can do better. And for me, that is a challenge. And I love that challenge because I've now, I've sat down last night for about three hours and just tweaked my courses and tinkered with them. And actually having feedback from someone, it settles you a bit because you're like, okay, someone else is in my corner. They're, they know what I'm capable of. They know how to help me. And yeah, I, I think having a support network is, is crucial. And I think what you said, um critically I think about recognizing that you're going to have nerves or you're going to be anxious it is normal and it's actually our brain's way of trying to protect us but if you you can't give in to them you've, you've got to sort of push through because that's actually where you you know by pushing through your comfort zone or your that sort of side of it is where you actually get the benefit of any any you know good feelings following that so yeah. yeah, I think it's it's about being brave as well. And like you said, pushing through them. And I think um, I remember just before Y Valley, um, my friend Andy came over to me and he just gave me a hug and he said, you can do it, lass. And I was like, oh, OK, I've got this now. Like you just have that little boost of confidence just to take that those edge, those little nerves away. And it, yeah, it made all the difference. I love it when somebody says to me, you've got this or fist bumps and, you know, yeah. like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> So true. You know, there's, um, there's evidence now that if you high five yourself to say a mirror every morning, it's such a conditioned response. It's actually it actually changes your mental state. Oh wow! I might try yeah. doing that. 
Yeah. I mean, I I know some people, they say that, um, uh, as this is probably from Grey's Anatomy. I've been rewatching that recently, but they do like the superhero pose. Yeah. And, and, you know, they stand there like, you know, it really gives them that kind of assertiveness and that confidence. I'm not sure how people would feel about me doing that on the start line, though. That might be a bit weird, but <laughs> I might give it a try. Especially if you're judging. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, so um, let's let's carry on then. Um, have you experienced any negativity as a judge? Yeah, and I think it's inevitable because um, it's that old adage of you you can only please some of the people some of the time. You can't please all of the people all of the time. And we, going back to, you know, me saying judges are only human, um, I remember there was one time, I won't, I won't name the show, but we, we'd set the course and it was maybe five or 10 dogs in and I marked someone's A-frame contact and she wasn't very happy about it. And um, yeah, she did complain a bit, but I was judging what I saw. Um, I would like to point out the dog already had faults on the course um, and we'd already had a few clear rounds. So I don't think she would have got a placing anyway. And obviously you can't progress on anything other than a clear round at Kennel Club. But th that for me, it was also a bit of a learning curve as well, because I don't think I was necessarily in the best position to see the A-frame. So that really helped me improve my my contact judging. I mean, I've had also a few people at another show, they weren't happy about my angles onto some contacts. Um, I'd practiced my course the night before with my slightly lethal Gronendahl Logan. And he had found every single contact perfectly, absolutely perfectly, not a stumble. Um, and I explained that to her. I was very calm. I was very patient. Um, I heard her. I heard her complaint through thoroughly before responding. I didn't. I didn't react in an, an aggressive or negative way. I thought, you know, she has a genuine concern. We need to listen to her, especially when it's about dog safety, because I don't think anybody goes to agility with the view of hurting their dog. That's not what we're about. We're here to enjoy our time with our dogs. So I, you know, I explained to her what I had done and weirdly I had a fellow judge who I've known for many years come up to me at the end of her run, at the end of the class and say, yeah, I, I thought the angle was a bit steep too. I hadn't had a chance to walk the course, but I was queuing and I thought the angle was a bit weird, but actually the way you'd said it, the course was great and the angle was perfect. And I was like, oh, that meant a lot to me, you know, getting that positive reassurance based on some negative feedback I had had. So. I've, I've had a few people that have, you know, potentially complained to my ring party about stuff, but I kind of embrace judging in the whole, you know, it, it's, it's us enjoying time with our dogs, like I've said, and we need to, we need to remember that we ask a lot from our dogs and we ask a lot from judges and we ask a lot from ring party and we ask a lot from show management. So we need to, we need to sometimes take the rough with the smooth. And if sometimes, you know, it doesn't go your way because the time is broken or whatever, or a judge makes a call that you're not happy with, you just have to chalk it up to experience and go with it. Um, because I think some people do get a little bit lost in, in what we're here for. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I like what you said about reflection that, you know, you took something that somebody said negatively, but reflected on your practice at that point and sort of went, well, actually, yeah, I can see that. And we'll, and sort of made it into it in some ways, a, a positive. So that's brilliant. Um, judges gifts then. Um, have you got any favorites? <laughs> judges gifts. Um, yeah. So I, I'm, really enjoy seeing what judges gifts are i don't i don't do it for the judges gifts but it is always a nice little perk um my favorite one so far 
has been from Pausability um, and Sue Mosdale um, gave me this bag and it had um, a lovely biothane lead in it, which I use for Logan, which is beautiful. And also a, a wooden carved magnet. Um, and she had picked each magnet breed based on what dogs we had. So she's got one for me that looks like Ajax and I really love it. So it's on my fridge and it's just that little personal touch. Like she oh. thought about every judge and what dog breed they had. And I remember Barry was at the show and he came up to me and he was like, which magnet did you get? Which one did Sue pick for you? And I was like, wait, it's my gift. Why are you so excited about it? But yeah, it was, that was a nice touch. Cool. Lovely. That sounds really lovely. Um, so it's an interesting time for judges at the moment with the Kennel Club releasing and then quickly retracting their new guidance. Um, I know you felt quite passionate about this. What are your thoughts now? Um, yeah, I still feel pretty passionate about it. I had a chat with someone today about it at a puppy class. Um, it, for me, um, there is already so much pressure on judges to get things right and to make the right call and to set nice courses and to um, have all of these things in place and to restrict judges even further by um, putting halters on what they can say to competitors and what they can wear and and all that sort of thing. It's, it's, it's bordering on almost, I don't wanna say discrimination, but I feel like that's the right word really, because I, for me, I got into judging because I wanted to support people in their agility careers and I wanted them to have a good time on my courses and I, I was talking to my friend earlier about an experience I had back at Dogs in Need in 2017. So yeah, nearly seven years ago. And Rudy was in grade four at the time and we were in the ABC league and Ian Armstrong was judging. And I didn't, I didn't know who he was at the time. And he was in the ring and he had this gorgeous purple suit on and it was, it was awesome. And I, I ran the course and I got, I got five R Rudy refused to jump on a flick flack. That's how much I remember this course. And he refused the jump and I was a little disheartened because he'd been running really well that season and we finished the run. And at the end, Ian came over to me and he said, you ran that course exactly how I wanted you to run it. Thank you. And well done. That was seven years ago. And I still remember that now. I still remember that feeling. I remember like that whole, you know, I remember the course. So for the kennel club to take away judges ability to interact with competitors i think is going to be so detrimental to the sport because that for me that set me on a path actually oh my god my dog is amazing i can do this this is great and i i've i've had it myself you know there were three young girls they ran in my ring at i think it was presbury park and there was a section where you could either choose to rear cross or you could blind and all three of them, they had Labradors and they ran one after the other. They were very young, grade one or two, and they all put the blind in. And I was amazed. And I, I ran up to them at the end of the class because they were at the end, ran at the end of my class. And I, I said, oh my God, girls, thank you, thank you for putting the blind in. That's amazing. You were the only girls to do it. And it was great. And they walked off and they were so happy. They, they It filled their faces with joy. And that for me, to be able to give someone a compliment, even when it's going terribly, you know, I, some people, they've come into my ring and they've started apologizing about their dog's behavior or whatever. Um, I mean, you kind of brace yourself at that point because you're like, right, what, what might happen in my ring? But they get something, they achieve something, they achieve a start line weight, they achieve a full set of weaves, they achieve like a, like a wing wrap or something they've only just learned. And to be able to then congratulate them at the end, for me, that's that's amazing. And I, I just think it's, it's wrong for, for them to take it away from us. 
I am hoping that they're reviewing the guidance, seeing as the wrong one was put up, but the new one hasn't gone out, and I'm hoping it's because it's being reviewed. So I, I hope I hope so too. I know they had an ALC meeting last week, so fingers crossed they will hopefully understand that um, our sport of agility is about community as well as having fun with our dogs, and we need to be able to share joy where we can share joy and um, commiserate people if we need to. And I absolutely agree with you, totally. <laughs> so, um, as somebody interested in course design through judging, does it make you look at walking courses differently when running your own dog? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, it does. Um, I think I very much appreciate now what um, good lines are. Um, and I can also look at alternative ways of handling um, in a slightly different way and kind of sit back and look at the course and go, okay, does the judge have like a plan in mind for people? Do they want people to put that kind of a turn in? Or, you know, what what's the kind of design of this course and how's it going to impact my run? I mean, it's also helpful that I've run a slightly unconventional dog in the past. So Luchit, who I got to Olympia, he was not not a particularly conventional dog to handle. So I'm quite used to looking at courses in a slightly alternative, quirky way. But yes, it does. And I can now appreciate some of the courses I used to run in the past that probably weren't the best or, or weren't necessarily the safest um, and, and look at those and learn from them and hopefully design something better. Excellent. Super. Um, what about your next appointments for 2024? Where can people find you? Oh, I've got, including, not including independent shows, I've, I think I've got seven, cool. maybe, um, appointments. Yeah, my first one is at North Somerset Show, which for me, it's going to, that's going to be an emotional one because like I said, my dad and I used to stand and watch that for hours and hours. And unfortunately he passed away four years ago. So um, he never saw me judge. Um, he saw me uh, run agility a couple times um, before he passed away, but he, um yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a heavy one. That I've already started designing my courses because I want to get them right. I want it to be where if there's another little girl or a little boy standing in the crowd watching with their mum or dad, and they look at my courses or they look at the dogs running or they look at me judging or my ring party, and they go, "Yeah, I want to do that one day. That one that's day, that's, yeah. that's a, cool, a cool thing I want to do." I think that for me will be amazing. So. I, I'm putting a lot of emotional pressure on myself, but I'm trying to kind of just remember to judge how I want to judge and and enjoy myself and enjoy watching dogs run. So, yeah, and I've 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 got um a bit of a mix this year. I'm going down to Cornwall, which I've never been down to before. Doing Fab in September, which I've never done before. So branching out a little bit and trying some new places too. It sounds like an, a fabulous legacy to go back to the, the Somerset show. So I am, um, yeah. I think that'd be fab for you. Um, I'm, um, I'm not a judge. Um, what would you say to try and persuade me to get qualified? <laughs> I mean, to be honest, even if you take your judge's qualification, you do not necessarily have to go and put yourself out there as a judge. And you don't have to feel any pressure to do lots of judging appointments. You could just do one or two a year. You don't have to. You could choose smaller um, shows that you're more familiar with. Um, and you could start off like I did with judging a starters league um, to see how you get on. Um, I, I think also we had a few people on our course who 
they didn't want to judge they just wanted to learn more about how judges work and what the rules are so there's no onus on people that even if they've done their course they don't have to go out and do you know 5 10 15 appointments a year and they don't have to um, be judging at big shows they can judge at small shows um, and you can also um, you know and I think a lot of people see it being such a long day but actually a lot of shows they'll happily take you know if you agree to judge half a day with another judge and you just have to judge half a day um, and similarly I think a really good way of judging to start with would be to start judging jumping uh, that that was my first appointment I judged jumping it's a lot easier than agility, I find, because you have less to think about. You don't have to think about the contact equipment um, and your approaches to those. So that was that's where I would kind of go. And I would also say to anybody, you know, especially you, if you wanted to judge, I think you'd make a great judge, by the way. Um, I think if you are passionate about agility and you are passionate about seeing people with their dogs working as a team, then you can definitely be a judge. And you do need to have a thick skin, I think, um, because you do need to be able to take criticism and you do need to be able to take negative feedback. Um, but in reality, I have found if you go in with a positive attitude, people respond in kind and they they embrace what you bring to the table. Cool. Thank you very much. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, you can do it. <laughs> I feel like I do, I do like ring managing like a number of times in the year. So I probably do as many ring managing appointments that you do judging. Um, and I've, in the 25 years that I've been doing agility, I've not stepped my toe in the water. <laughs> <laughs> you are a pretty awesome ring manager to be fair. So yeah, I don't want to take you away from that. <laughs> um, so is there anything else you'd like to add for our listeners? Um. No, other than I really look forward to seeing you guys all in the ring if, if you're at any of the shows I'm judging. And um, yeah, please just have a great time with your dogs when you're out there. Remember, judges are only human. We, we do the best we absolutely can. And we don't set courses to see you guys fail. We, we want you to succeed. I, I love it when I have so many clear rounds in my courses that my hands are sore from clapping. It makes me so happy because, yeah, maybe my course is a little simpler, but it means everyone's had a great time and the dogs have succeeded and just go out there and in enjoy yourselves with your dogs. That's, that's really my takeaway. Brilliant. It's certainly my take on it as well. So everybody else, both of us. So, um, I've, um, I've developed, um, what I calling the super six questions to find out about our guests when they come on. Our oh board. God. <laughs> Don't worry. All right. All right. Hit me. Go for it. Uh, well, they're, honestly, they're dead easy. Um, <laughs> Your favourite agility show? Oh God! Ah, ah, Presbury. Cool. Um, a breed that you like but you've never had. Oh, does bull lurcher count? So I have a lurcher, but I would love. A... No, I'm going to say staffy because I would love to have a staffy. Yeah, go with staffy. Yeah. Cool. Um, would you rather run at 100 miles an hour or fly at 20 miles an hour? I think Logan, as a canny cross dog, would like me to run at 100 miles an hour, but flying would be pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, okay. let's go. Let's go with flying. <laughs> um, cake or chocolate? Cake. I'm not a big chocolate fan, so I'm going to go with cake because then I could have lemon cake. Cool. Uh, would you rather 
always be stuck in traffic but always find the perfect parking spot or never hit traffic but always take forever to park oh i get real traffic rage i'm gonna go i'm gonna go with the no traffic okay cool um is your cup half full or half empty uh, i'm just glad there's something in it <laughs> no um, that's, <laughs> that's a weird response um no it's normally half full um because my husband hasn't filled it up with wine yet so <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and to finish, do you want to give a shout out to your agility bestie? Oh, no, you're putting me on the spot now. I have so honestly, my agility family are so big and so wide ranging. And I cannot thank any of them enough for being in my corner, especially when I've had such difficult times in the past. Um, I'm, I am going to give a special shout out actually to Helen and Andy because they let me run Lucha for, for five years. He wasn't my dog, but they basically trusted me with him and they believed that I could get to Olympia and they supported me. So yeah, I'm going to shout out Helen and Andy Brown because without them, I don't think I would be where I am today. Amazing. I also agree that I've got an agility family and I would struggle to pull out one. So. Yeah, I, I always call them my agility family and I because... For me, they, they've picked me up off the ground when I've been low. They've celebrated me with me when I've had success. I've shared in their enthusiasm and their successes. And they're just brilliant. And no matter what happens, they've always got my back. And it's it's a brilliant family to have. And um, there was I was listening today to um, uh, a guest on another podcast. And their description of home was a place where you're missed if you're not there. Ah. Oh. I love that. And That's... I absolutely loved it. And and I think that agility as, as a team, when you're with your like your little community, I think you so often get like a, a club community and then a wider agility community. I It's nothing to do with the four walls of your house. I think mm-hmm. that, that that definition of home is a place where you're missed if you're not there. And I, I absolutely loved it. So I definitely think that's what agility is for me as well. So, so yeah. But Lou Abby, I am stoked you agreed to be our first guest. And seriously, thank you so much for your time and the giggles this afternoon. Um, so that's absolutely brilliant. So thank you so much. That's all right. Thank you for having me. It's been an absolute honour. So in the words of Justin Prince, today you are the oldest you have ever been and the youngest you will ever be again. What stops most people is starting. So if there's something you want to change, do it now. If you like the episode, please follow us and enable notifications so you don't miss the next one. Also, if you can rate and share the podcast and follow us on social media, it would really mean a lot. See you soon for the next episode.